The relationship that we have with God has been defined in his word as a marriage relationship. Those are the terms, and that is the identification. Jesus Christ is the groom, and the church is the bride. Now, I don't, I don't look like so, too much of a bride, but in the context of the word of God, I am, through the shed blood of Christ Jesus our Lord, a part of the bride of Christ. And in this particular verse, Revelation 19 and verse number 7, says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give God glory, give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Several years ago, we got the word as I was standing behind right here. Brother Jeff Statham comes walking down the middle aisle, and he has a very disturbed look on his face. Gets my attention, informs me there's been an automobile accident down in Florida, and that Brother uh, Donnie Skugg's daughters have passed away, and Brother uh, Ronnie Jarman's son, Josh, has also passed away. Dorothy and I, we left that afternoon to go down. Brittany Jarman survived. She was in the intensive care unit at, at Sands Hospital. But I said all that to, to come to the point. Uh, before Josh's funeral service at Forts Lake, his uncle Mark Cawley was in bed that night asleep, and the Lord gives him a dream, and he sees Josh. And he says, Josh, what are you doing? And Josh spoke to him and said, Uncle Mark, we're getting ready for a supper. And that was about it. And old Mark called it. He jumps up out of the bed. Lord, have mercy. And his wife said, what's the matter? What's the matter? He said, I just saw Josh. Oh, and she just thought, well, it's because you tore up and everything. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I saw him. I heard him. Let me tell you what he told me. We're getting ready for supper. Preparations are being made as I speak for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Heaven is getting ready. Now, as I shared with you this morning, Yesterday, we had one more humdinger of a wedding in this house yesterday. This sanctuary was adorned richly. And I also want to just publicly thank Sister Ginger. I thought she did a great job. Amen. Just say thank you, sis. I thought you did great. The groom was handsome. Say thank you, Matthew. The I can tell you a lot more about Matthew. He's almost out of his mind. Anyhow, that's another sermon. <laughs> Groom was handsome. The groomsmen were handsome. They were dressed in their best. The bridesmaids were beautiful. And Whitney was indescribably beautiful. Matter of fact, I was concerned that I was going to lose old Matthew. Tried to warn him. Give him a little heads up. Hey, son. She comes walking down that aisle. <laughs> you, you don't need to lock your knees. Because <laughs> you might just go splat. She'll knock the eyes out of the back of your head. And I know he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just saying that because you love her. Tell it happened. And then he was like. <laughs> I tried to whisper. I was wearing that over-the-ear microphone first time I'd used it. And I had to be careful what I said because if I didn't, everybody could hear what I said. But I tried to whisper to Matthew. I said, Merry Christmas. That's yours. 
And it was just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful wedding, wonderful experience. House was full and, you know, and, and everything like that. But as I, I began to think and the Lord began to deal with me, to share with the church that it is on these same terms that our relationship is based with Christ in God. We are the bride, the bride of Christ. His purchased possession. Amen. So I wanted to go to Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse number 22. And this was in the marriage ceremony yesterday. But to give us an idea of the relationship between a married couple in the temporal, as we are concerned, and the relationship between the church and the Lord. And Apostle Paul addresses both of those. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That is a very unpopular idea. And that word submit is not politically correct because don't nobody want to submit no more. But the Word of God says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 23, hold on. You won't hear this on CNN. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So roles are being established here. The role of the husband in a temporal marriage between human beings, and we understand the role of Christ in his relationship to us. Who is the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. Now, I've had kids over the years come up and, and, and very well-meaning, and I understand, you know, how they get this perception. But I remember one boy, he just come up pointing at me in front of everybody and said, he's the boss of the church, pointing at me. And I said, no, 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 no. Come here, buddy. Let me tell you. Brother Andy's the pastor of the church. He's not the boss of the church. You're the boss of the church. I said, no, I'm not the boss of the church. Let's say this together. Jesus is the boss of the church. Jesus is in charge of the church. Jesus is the one who says yay or nay in the church. It's not Brother Andy. Brother Andy is a servant. Jesus is the boss of the church. Christ is the head of the church. Now, some people forget that and they get all tangled up in the mess. He's the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. He is our Savior. Verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, and that's another principle that we really need to emphasize in these last days, that the church is subject to Christ. It's almost like people have this idea, well, I will determine my convictions and uh, the uh, absolutes by which I live based on how I feel. I've talked with folks, I can't tell you how many times, and they're, you know, and they're wanting to argue upon a scripture. Well, I don't feel that way. And I want to say, well, darling, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But it ain't got nothing to do with how you feel. It's what this book says. Feel it or don't feel it. Amen. It's what the book says. You get into the Word of God. It's what thus says the Lord. He's the head of the body. When he speaks, we listen. When he commands, we obey. And when he says in this book, do whatever, we do it. For no other reason than he said it. And when he says do not, we do not for no other reason than he said it. When I, my boys were growing up, we had a very simple understanding. I wasn't going to waste my time explaining every decision that Dorothy and I made. 
I said, boys, you going to do it because the daddy rabbit said you're going to do it. You're going to do it because I said so. That's all, that's all you need. That's all the discussion. That's all, that's all you need to know. Daddy said it, and that's how it's going to be because daddy said it. Right or wrong, up or down, in or out. Daddy said it. That's it. We are subject to Christ. We are to obey the word of the Lord because it's the word of the Lord. I know there will be times when people want to, you know, press personal conviction on you, but that personal conviction is not the word of God. Just smile, love them anyhow. But, beloved, what this Bible says, we do. And what this Bible says abstain from, we abstain from because the word of God has declared it to us. And here's the thing that the devil don't want people to know, that once you commit yourself to a life of submission to Christ and to his word, you open up the door of the blessings of God. Amen. Well, I don't want to give up, you know, this or that or the other. If the Lord says give it up, give it up, you'd be glad that you did. Because if you don't, it'll become a snare to you, just like the ephod was to Gideon. Give it up. Don't put anything out of bounds as far as the Lord is concerned. Our relationship with him is based on absolute, conditionless, unconditional submission. Lord, what you say is all I need to know. And the word of God is our final authority. We're heading to a place now if the resurrection doesn't take place in, in the next few years at least. And if there is a, a, a socialist agenda installed in Washington, well, this nation will be heading for a shooting civil war is the bottom line. But, you know, it's going to put ministers of the gospel in a, in a pinch because the government's going to tell me I have to perform a same-sex marriage. And I'm going to look at the government. And y'all know what Brother Andy's going to do, don't you? <laughs> no, I ain't. That's awful grammar for a... I ain't doing it. Why not? Why not just do it and get by? Hey, this same-sex couple may give you a gazillion dollars to marry them. I don't want their money. Well, why won't you do it? Because this word says. And my life is guided by what this book says and not by the current political craze. Or the, you know, the, 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 the thing of the day. We are subject to Christ. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I, I, I want to brag on, on Whitney a little bit. I'm going to brag on both of them as we go along. But Whitney said something in her marriage vows yesterday that a lot of ladies have excluded. She told Matthew, I'll obey you. Now, it would have been improper for Brother Andy to steal the show and have just a Holy Ghost breakdown up here on the platform, but it ain't because I didn't feel it. Because when one of ours that we've known from the time she was smaller than Violet makes a decision not based on anything to please me, but because she's committed to this word. Whitney wants to have a successful marriage. They've taken the most positive starts. She said, Lord, I will obey your word because you said it. You know what happens when you do that? The windows of heaven open and the blessings of God pour out on you in such volume that you cannot contain them. And everywhere you look, you're blessed of the Lord. Then verse 25, husbands love your wives. I have no doubts about Matthew and his love for Whitney because he can't hide it. Who was, who's, the grin, who's the groom? That fellow with a grin on his face. He's been smiling all day. 
He's smiling right now. He can't help himself. That's all right. Praise God. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. He gave himself for us that he, now here's the principle, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water. How? By the word. So Christ, our Savior, our groom, our husband, is going to cleanse and separate us, sanctify us, set us apart by the washing of water, by the word. As we are obedient and submissive to the word of God, it is going to mold our lives and it will create us in an image with which the Lord is pleased. Amen. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. He is going to accomplish this. There are times when if we're not careful, our ego get, and we'll say, oh, we'll do it. We won't do this. He will do it. He will do it. He is going to dress us for the marriage supper. He is going to prepare us. He is going to do it. And the, the thing that just, you know, as I thought on this, prayed about it, that kept coming back to me was remember how Whitney looked when she walked down this aisle. I'll never forget it. Now, as the bride of Christ, understand that the Lord is going to dress us figuratively speaking, in a similar fashion. He is going to present us to the Heavenly Father a pure, perfect, holy bride. And He is going to do it. He's going to do it. He's in the process of doing it right now. He is going to accomplish this. For those of you who look at yourself, and I do it myself, I look at myself and go, ah, I ain't all that, and, you know, I got trouble, and I got issues, and I got weaknesses, and I got faults, and I got more failures, and Carter's got little liver pills, and we go through all this stuff, and we run ourselves down, and we never put it into the equation the fact that the Lord has said, I am going to do a work in you of preparation, and when that great day comes, you are going to be ready. When that great day comes, the church is going to be sanctified completely. When that great day comes, the church is going to stand holy before the throne of God absolutely. And it is nothing that we can accomplish in ourselves. It is what the Lord is going to accomplish in us. He's already said it in his word. I'm going to present you to my heavenly father as a chaste bride, as a beautiful bride. Listen, as a qualified bride, as a sanctified bride. I made a very profound theological point many years ago, and I, I remember Brother Jeff Statham was on the, the front pew when I said it. There ain't going to be no homely people in heaven. Amen. Brother Jeff really 
took that to heart. He started laughing. He laid over on the pew so everybody wouldn't see him. But it's the truth anyhow, Sister Dawkins would say. There ain't going to be no homeless people in heaven. The bride of Christ is beautiful. Just as Whitney was and still is. But yesterday, I mean, she just, she hit a level I hadn't, you know. But that's going to be the bride of Christ. That's going to be us. That is the work he is going to perform in his church. He is going to prepare us, and when the day comes, the church is going to be ready. Who's going to that resurrection slash rapture, Brother Andy? The church is going. Who's getting a glorified body? The church is getting a glorified body. Who is the bride of Christ? The church is the bride of Christ. Who will be ready when that moment comes? The church will be ready. Quit worrying about it. The Lord will perform this himself. His power is well able to, I'm looking for a word, I'll find it, to present us, thank you, Lord, to prepare us for that great day. And that's what he's doing right now. We, as his people, we look forward. As we say down here in the south, that great getting up morning, but that's what it's going to be. We look forward to that day. We look forward to that time. Amen. It means we're going to die. That's all right. Who, who cares about dying? You're going to heaven. You know? And I say that in the terms of the rapture because if you're alive when the resurrection takes place and you're caught up in what we you know, call the rapture of the church, the living saints, this body's got to die because you're going to get a glorified body. I'm ready to swap. Have you ever noticed in the Word of God that we always give the Lord yucky stuff? And he always gives us great stuff in return. We're going to get, or I am, I'll just put it down to me. I'm going to give him a wore out body. That is not the most pleasant thing to look at. That's what I'm giving him. You know what he's going to give me? A glorified body. I'm going to give him a body that gets sick. I'm going to give him a body that is susceptible to pain and injury. I'm going to give him a body that is doomed to die. He's going to give me a glorified body that will never get sick that will never experience pain, that's going to look good every day, all the time, forever. Amen. What was that old? I, I, I want to get Brother Rick sing that song one of these days. I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. That's a great There's great theological import in that song. I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. It's going to happen. He's going to do it. Now, in these last days, with the simplicity of the gospel that's been laid out, and we do live in that time when whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's understand that what we're entering into here is a marriage relationship. People get the idea, well, I'll just go down and, oh, Lord, you know, forgive me, I'm sorry, and then buzz out and just go my own way and do whatever I want to do. That is not it. What it is is in appreciation for the work that Christ has done for us, we submit ourselves to him unconditionally and without reservation. Not my will, but your will be done. Used to be the hallmark of the Pentecostal movement. It's a bunch of them crazy folks. They don't do this, they don't do that, and, and, and the devil tried to turn that into a legalistic kind of just list of do-nots. That's not it. 
What it is is living a life of discipleship and submission to the will of God that says, Lord, I am in your hands, and you do with me as you desire to do. Not my will, but your will be done. I am willing to submit myself to your instruction. I am willing to submit myself to your commandment. That's the bride of Christ. Amen. Now, I know, and I understand because some men take that scripture to mean that they can just do any, treat their wives any old way, and that's fine. It's not. That gives you no license to mistreat your wife, men. None whatsoever. You know why? Because Jesus has never mistreated us. I got to treat that lady the way Jesus treats me. And I'm here to tell you, to, to quote Brother Tim Cawley's song one more time, can't nobody do me like Jesus. He, he loves coming here, and he knows he loves singing that song. But then I love coming to somebody. I'd almost sing that song when I get there. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Praise God. That's how we're supposed to treat our wives, the way the Lord treats us. Amen. And we are to sacrifice ourselves for the benefit of our wives, just as the Lord sacrificed himself for the benefit of his bride. So just because you're the head of the woman and you're the head of the house, Christ, brothers, is your head. Amen. And we submit to him. And through the life he has given us, we're a blessing. You getting all this, Matthew? Good. Whitney's back there. Preach it, brother Andy. Praise God. Get beside yourself and preach it, brother. Amen. But that's how it is, and that's what we have to look forward to. The, the, the issue is our future is so indescribably glorious that our puny little human imaginations cannot go there. Even when the Word of God gives us a detailed description our imagination cannot go there. It stops well short of the reality of the promise in God's Word. We are headed to a place like no other place. Ha! For he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I know we sing, folks sing that song, I got a little cabin in the corner of glory. No, you don't. There ain't no cabins in the corner of glory. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. Then what did he say? I go to prepare a place for you. Now, if I can do, I ain't no carpenter. Whatever little place I might prepare for you would be sad. But for the Son of God to prepare a place for his bride, that place is indescribable. That place is glorious. That place is wonderful. And it is this truth that is to buoy us during the issues of life that we face in this world. We live in a sin-cursed world. Bad things happen to good people, and it's unfair. It just is. If you're looking for fairness in the sin-cursed world, you're not going to find it. There are crooks. Two County is the world's headquarters. There are more crooks per square mile in Chattooga County than any place else on the planet. Brother, and you shouldn't talk about it. I am born and raised Chattooga County, and I can talk about Chattooga County if I want to. And <laughs> fans are going, yeah, you try. Am I right? 
Ain't no crooks going. It is a prepared place. It is a beautiful place. There is an absence of evil there. There is an absence of sin there. There is an absence of pain there. You have cried your last tear when you cross that river. Amen. We all got folks that are already there waiting on us. They're waiting for the Lord to stand up, that trumpet to sound. They're going to get their glorified bodies first. We shall not prevent. That word means precede them in Thessalonians. And then we go up and get ours. What do we do between now and then? We commit ourselves to the role that the Word of God, the Word of God has set down for us. We are the bride. He is the groom. He is the boss. He is the head. But the thing about it is, he does not mistreat us. He blesses us. Anybody in this house that would stand and say, Jesus Christ has mistreated them, I'll call you a bald-faced liar. Because Jesus Christ has never mistreated anybody. How can you say that? Because as he hung on the cross in such agony and pain, he looked down upon those who had inflicted this on them and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You can't beat that, folks. He's never mistreated anybody. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the God we serve. That's the God who is God. That's the God that loves us. Amen. Don't let any plan of the enemy or device of the enemy separate you from embracing that truth. I am a child of God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in whom I believe. And God loves me. And he has prepared a place for me. And what I endure in this world is just for a moment. But my eyes are on the prize, on that which is to come, that which I will experience, the reality of the fulfillment of the gospel of Jesus Christ, eternal life, the gift that he has given us. Now, we're going to do this, and we're going to pray. And I just tweaked it a little bit to serve our purposes here tonight. I, and fill in the blank with your name. You don't have to repeat after me. I just want to share this with you. I, Andy Hutchins, take you, Jesus Christ, to be my wedded husband as a child of God and as his bride. Now, the promises that are made in the marriage ceremony are also applicable for us as the children of God to our Lord, to have and to hold. From this day forward, for better, for worse, Lord, I'm yours for the long haul. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love, comfort, and obey you. And Whitney said that yesterday, obey you. Honor and keep you in joy and in sorrow, regardless of my circumstance, 
This is my place. And to preserve with you this bond, holy and unbroken, I pledge to you my faith. Now, beloved, that's what it's all about. It's not just a little prayer to make me feel better. It is a commitment. If someone comes to Jesus, we come into Jesus. Lord, please forgive me of my sins and save my soul. I submit myself to you. You are my Savior and my Lord. I subject myself to your word and what you have said. Guide me, lead me, show me that which is pleasing in your sight. Instruct me in the way of life, O Lord, and guide my steps so that my life would give you glory and honor. One last scripture, Luke 17 and 32, Jesus is speaking. He says three words, remember Lot's wife. Ain't no turning around and going back. Remember Lot's wife. This commitment that we make is an eternal one. It lasts the rest of our life. It lasts on into eternity. We are married to Christ. We are his bride. He is our bridegroom. Hallelujah. He is our Lord. And as Thomas said, when Jesus entered into that room, miraculously, by the way, without benefit of opening a door, and Thomas had already told him, boys, I don't believe it. Thomas, and people want to, you know, criticize him, I don't, because his world had blown up. When he saw Jesus hanging on that cross, ripped to shreds, taken down, and put in that tomb, Thomas's world came to an end. Everything he believed in had just been ripped to shreds. So I don't, I don't judge him. Here's the wonderful thing about Jesus. When Thomas got back with the boys, he didn't appear there to the rest of them. He came for Thomas. Thomas, touch me. Look, it's me. I will let you touch me. Touch my wrist, my feet. Put your hand at my side. But believe, I am alive. What was Thomas's response to that? Should be our response. He falls on his knees, lifts up his hand, and cries out, My Lord and my God. And he's the first one to do it in the New Testament. Jesus loved him so much. I'm going to see Thomas. I have a date with Thomas. Thomas is, my Lord, I'm talking to somebody. Thomas is hurting. Thomas is broken. Thomas is, 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 just, is, is just reacting, you know, according to the flesh. He's confused. He's hurt. He's broken. I'm coming for him. I'm going to heal him. You know what happened to Thomas that day? He got healed. He got healed. He preached this gospel all the way over in India and gave his life as a martyr 
You could ask old Thomas, hey, you believe Jesus is alive from the dead? He said, son, I know he's alive from the dead. I've gone beyond faith. I'm at a place of absolute certainty. I have seen him with my own eyes. He has spoken to me. He is alive. Here is his gospel like I shared with you this morning. Those who believe it are going to heaven. Those who don't ain't going to make it. And that's the crux of the issue. We are married with Christ. He loves us. Don't get mad at him. He ain't done you wrong. Like Brother Kenny preached to us about Elijah. Lord didn't lie to Elijah. Ahab lied to Elijah. People lie to you. If you don't know that, need to learn it now. People do you wrong. People mess you up, but not Jesus. He loves you with an everlasting love. And whatever uh, bad issue you may be dealing with is not his fault. Because he did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. He did not come to push us down. He came to lift us up. He came to prepare a bride for himself so that when that great day comes, he will have made us ready. Stand to your feet all over the house. He's done with me.